Good morning. And a special good morning to those who are joining us online. Um, my name is Steph, and if you haven't met me yet, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, um, I am a pastoral, pastoral intern here, and I'm excited to be able to bring you this morning's message, which is as we continue on our sermon series, For Unto Us. So if you don't have a habit of coming to worship on Wednesdays and Sundays, now would be a good time to start that rhythm because we actually have two separate sermon series happening, happening during this Advent season, uh, one on Wednesday and one on Sunday, and they actually come from the same passage in Isaiah that we just heard. So on Sundays, we hear for unto us, and on Wednesdays, we talk about and he shall be called. So if you don't have that rhythm yet, um, a good time to start one, or you can catch Wednesday nights online. If you would, as we begin, if you would please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day, the beautiful sun. Thank you for every individual in this room. Thank you for this message. I pray that we would have ears to hear what you have for us today, that my words would be yours, and that all else would fall away. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I mean, I see we have the decorations up for Christmas. I have decorations up in my house, so tis the season to watch Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. I hear the laughter, and that tells me that you're, I'm not the only one who watched Home Alone. <laughs> um, but I did hear it a little bit differently. I did watch it a little bit differently this year. I saw some things I had never noticed before. And just a uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie Home Alone, just cover your ears because I might give some things away. So we've got this young boy, eight-year-old Kevin McAllister, who gets left at home while his parents go to Paris. I mean, he was left at home on accident, to be sure, but his parents were in Paris, and he was left home alone. And while his parents are away, a couple bad dudes try to rob his house. They had no idea what they were in for, right? They did not expect what was coming to them <laughs> from Kevin McAllister. And while his parents were away, they were trying to get back to him, but they had no idea that their house was even in danger. They had no idea that their house needed to be saved by this eight-year-old. They didn't expect that, that an eight-year-old would even be able to save the house. Much less did these robbers know what they were in for when Kevin got a hold of them. It was unexpected. So, the Israelites, this is what I saw instead of just watching for fun like I usually do, Home Alone. Like, I was thinking about the Israelites and how they were waiting. They were waiting for a Savior. They were waiting for the Messiah. And the Messiah came in an unexpected way. Nobody would have thought this child, a child, would be the one to save we know better, right? The Israelites weren't expecting the king of kings to be born in a manger. And sometimes, unfortunately, I think we're more like the McAllisters that were in Paris, right? They were in Paris, 
They had no idea that their house needed saving. And sometimes I think we are sort of like that, blissfully unaware that we even need a savior, much less acknowledge him in our daily. So Advent is a good reminder. Advent is a good reminder of why we need a savior. And it's this time of anticipation and expectation and hope. So why all of this anticipation and expectation? Well, go back way in history, all the way to Genesis, right? And then we get a picture of why we have this expectant hope. Because in the garden, so remember Adam and Eve, they were in the garden, and they were not supposed to, they were told that they were not supposed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they did not obey. They did not trust God. And because of that, they were forced out of the garden. They were exiled out of the garden. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden and exiled, not to be able to come back. And ever since then, this world has not really been our home. We have still had this separation from God. We still have this longing to be in complete relationship with him. And that's where we meet the Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, when we read our text today. So he is talking to the Israelites. He's in Jerusalem talking to the Israelites about how they're not obeying. They're not trusting God. They are not doing what he has told them to do. They're worshiping idols. They're doing horrible things. And he says, stop doing that, Isaiah says to them, or you guys will be exiled. We already live in a little bit of an exile anyways because we have this separation from God because of Adam and Eve's original sin, but you guys will be actually kicked out of Jerusalem, and then we know that's what happened. They were kicked out of Jerusalem, and they were exiled into Babylon later in Isaiah. So we've got Isaiah trying to give this message of expectant hope but also God's judgment. So throughout the book of Isaiah, that's the theme. Expectant hope, but God's judgment also. And we see that as well in our reading from Psalms. We see this expectant hope of a Savior, of the Messiah, of the Lord, taking care of his people. But we've also got God's judgment So let's read from Psalms. If you guys are following along in your Bibles, I'm in Psalm 34. I'm going to start reading at verse 15, which says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many, many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. So in that psalm, we have that expectant hope, but we also have God's judgment. God promises that towards the righteous— We hear in that psalm that the Lord sees them, that the Lord hears them, that the Lord is close to them, that he delivers them. We hear the Lord delivers the righteous from all of their troubles. Now, righteousness is just a big churchy word 
for trying to be right with God. Which we want to do, right? We want to be right with God. We want to be righteous. We want to look more like him. We want to live our lives free of sin. But we know that all have sinned and fallen short. We know that we live in a kind of exile still because of Adam and Eve's exile in the beginning. And we know that we have exile and exile. We've been kicked out and kicked out. But we know that God delivers. We know that we've fallen short as demonstrated over and over again through human actions in the Bible. We have this tendency towards evil. We can't free ourselves from this tendency to evil. We cannot free ourselves. We need a savior. We need a savior. So Advent is this time when we expectantly hope, we anxiously await, we long for our savior to come and deliver us from this exile. So during Advent, we learn about these these two great longings, and we learn about the sweet and the bitter sides of longing, because we're in a place between. We have this first great longing of Israel, longing for the coming Messiah. They know things aren't right. They know they're disobeying. They know the world is broken, and they're longing for their Messiah to come. And then we have us, the church, waiting for his return, hoping expectantly and longing for his return. This kind of longing can only come in the midst of exile, can only come in that separation. We can only feel it when all other options are exhausted, all of our own human strategies have failed, and everything that we've tried to do has proven not enough. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in this longing? Knowing that you need more, knowing that you want more, but everything that you've done has failed? I have. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Actually, that's where I met Jesus. I was in the midst of trying to quit smoking. And ransom captive Israel. I was hopeful that I was going to kick this habit this time. I had been three days into quitting when I met, was met with something really stressful and a monster craving. And I was longing for something, but I knew the thing that I was longing for wasn't the thing that I really needed, but I was still longing for it. I still wanted it. I still wanted to feed the addiction. I had that craving. I had tried to quit before, and I had failed. But I had this hopeful expectation that I would succeed this time. That mourns in lonely exile here. I was looking forward to the time when 
I wouldn't have to hide from my family. When I didn't feel like I had to sneak away for a few minutes to feed the craving. My addiction caused a lot of separation in my family because no one knew I had been smoking, much less knew I was trying to quit at the time. I was rejoicing in the three days I had accomplished, but I was in lonely exile because no one else knew what I was going through. Until the Son of God appeared. It was just then when I was about to give up hope that I asked Jesus for help. That was when I realized I wasn't alone. That's when I realized I had Emmanuel, God with us, God with me. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Jesus delivered me from that addiction in that moment, and lots of moments after that. <laughs> because for unto us a child is born. Jesus was born for us. Jesus was born for you. He was delivered for the purpose of delivering us from the bondage of sin and death through his death and resurrection so that we could know that this exile that we live in is not our permanent home. This is not our permanent situation. We get to look expectantly and hope towards heaven where our relationship will no longer be broken, where we don't have to deal with the broken things of this world anymore. Jesus was born into a unique place for a unique purpose, and he was born for us. Israel's expected king, the one who would return us and rescue them from exile, didn't come as they expected. Instead, Jesus came as a baby, he came as a baby in all his majesty, as a king, in a manger, wrapped in cloths. Not born in a palace or someplace regal, like you would expect a king to be born, but in an unexpected way, in an unexpected place, in a baby. So I ask you today, how do you expect Jesus to show up? We still live in this place of exile in our hearts. This world is broken. We see the brokenness all around us. We have brokenness and separation in our families. We have brokenness and separation in other relationships. There is still brokenness in our relationship with God until we get to heaven. There's disease. There's hurt. Where do you expect Jesus to show up? Do you expect him to show up? Are you looking for him to show up? Are you looking for him to deliver you from those things, from your exile? Because we have this longing and this expectant hope. And we get to remember that during Advent season. We live today in the expectation that we will be delivered 
We long for that time when our Savior comes again. We trust that he will deliver us. We trust that he will deliver us fully from the exile when his kingdom comes to its fullness here. And as we wait, we can say, Emmanuel, God is with us because he promises to be with us. He promises to deliver us. He promised to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us to the very end of the age. So we can wait, knowing this isn't our home, longing for our home in heaven because Jesus went first to make a way for us. But he's still with us. For unto us a child is born. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you that we can live in an expectant hope that we will be delivered from this broken world. Help us to remember that this is not our home, that you have our home, that you are our home, and that we can hope as we look towards that future with you. Lord, help us to expect that hope from you this Advent season. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.